Let's move beyond your comfort zone and into your genius zone because it's time to tap into the higher wisdom within you, your higher genius. I'm your host, Christy Turley, author of the book, The Intuition-Led Business, serial entrepreneur and intuitive intelligence expert. Imagine the possibilities when you can make better decisions and create practical and sustainable solutions using the power of your intuition, your higher genius. This is the Higher Genius Podcast. My guest today is Moni Castaneda, and she is a feng shui consultant, speaker, and author. We're going to be talking about how to use feng shui principles and apply them to your business to help you accelerate your growth. She helps her clients turn their spaces into their dream spaces where they can live and work in happiness, health, and wealth. She does this using her nine steps to feng shui, a step-by-step method that she developed, which combines ancient Asian space arrangement techniques with modern architecture, which she's also trained in, and principles of natural healing. Let's go ahead and get started. Welcome, Moni, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So let's dive right in. This is a very fascinating topic. I remember a few years ago, it was a long time ago though, I wrote actually a blog um, about how to feng shui your website. (laughs) So it's funny that we're talking about how to use feng shui to attract new clients to your business today. I love that. You are, unlike myself, you are an expert in feng shui. I was just dabbling my foot and using it as like an intriguing headline, right? But um, so let's talk about it. What What is feng shui for someone who doesn't really know much about it? Yeah, so feng shui basically is uh, the ancient Asian art of space arrangement. And what it comes down to is it teaches you what to put where and in what colors, what shapes and what materials so that you can be more relaxed, be more productive, and get along with others better. So basically, it's about making your space support your goals. That's great. That's great. So, um, you know, I actually did hire a consultant to help me with feng shui, um, uh, feng shuiing my home. But so that's all about making your home more harmonious. But like, what exactly makes it different for businesses? I mean, what's the benefit? Like what can it do for a business to use feng shui? That's a really good question, you know, because the thing is people are all different, right? But homes are not so different from each other. All homes have the same spaces. You know, they are going to have an entrance. You're going to have a family room or a living room, a master bedroom, children's bedrooms. Uh, You may have a home office, a bathroom, a hallway. And so all homes, they have some of the same characteristics. But with businesses, every business is unique. You can have so many types of businesses and the space for that business can be, for one business can be completely different from the space for another business, right? And so there's a lot of customization that we do when we do feng shui for business. And it has to do with the mission of the business. You know, like we all talk about like, well, what is the vision of your business? And what is the mission of your business? But it's not just, you know, it's just not something you come up with to look cool you know, <laughs> to potential clients, but it's actually the, the, the why you are in business. And of course, you know, every person who's in business is in it for the money and everybody should be in it for the money because money is the bread and butter of being in business. But aside from that, there has to be some motivation the business has. If there's some need that the business wants to meet for their clients, for their customers, right? It, whether it be services or products. And so there's the space that you use for business needs to be in tune with what your mission is for the business. You know, what your business, the kind of experience that your business wants to create for your clients or customers, the kind of service, the kind of products you want to Uh, provide your customers to improve their lives. And so there's this customization that you have to do with feng shui uh, to to adapt to the type of business. And even more now, because we we see so many businesses showing up that didn't exist before. Yeah, that's so great. Okay, good. So 
you know, to me, this seems like a subject that would really appeal to people, especially if they have a brick and mortar business. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to talk about that, but I also want to address feng shui for the people who work from home, um, or maybe working for someone else and moonlighting, you know, so how can they also use feng shui no matter where they're working from? So let's talk about brick and mortar first. Yes. And so when you have a brick and mortar business, there, you know, this is um, a traditional feng shui mostly deals with brick and mortar businesses. And it is about how do you use the business to attract new clients? It's because the, the most typical business, when you think about being in business, is the business that has a storefront that opens up to a busy street, you know, to a commercial street where there's a lot of other businesses, there's a lot of traffic. So there's this competition because every store wants people to come in their store, right? And so there's a a concept we use on feng shui, which is the life force, which is uh, the Chinese word is qi. But what it translates into is vitality. A business has to be vital in order for people to feel attracted to it. Now, so first you need to have a good location, right? And we realtors say location, 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 but not just location, you have to have great visibility. If people don't notice your store, they're not gonna come in, you know, it's not gonna call attention. And then you also have to have access. And so um, let me share an example. In the city where I live, there's a, a very successful strip mall Um, that has fresh garden and a lot of very successful businesses. And then it has a section that they call down under. And you have to go, you know, through a certain parking lot and through a driveway. And then it's kind of like a basement in the backside of the strip mall. I have been in this town 14 years. I have never been there, right? And so the problem uh, these these businesses have is that they don't have visibility. The businesses that are on the parking lot um, floor, right, on the at the same level as the parking lot, they have a lot of visibility. And the businesses that are down under, like they say, they don't have that visibility. So if you have a case, you know, I have worked with clients that were in awesome locations, but they were at the back of the building, and so they didn't have that visibility. And so in Feng Shui, you compensate for the lack of visibility with certain types of signs and certain types of, of presence in other it can be in the same uh, property. It can be in other areas of town. It can be through advertising. It can be through social media presence. But you have to have that. The location, you have to have the visibility, and then you have to have the access. When people go by your business, they need to know where to park. You know, <laughs> such a simple thing. There's many, many businesses lose clients because where they can park is not clear. And so when you have a brick and mortar business, especially if you're in a location where you get a lot of traffic, you have to treat that front of your business, the shop front, needs to be like a billboard for the business. And so knowing how to, uh, what colors to use, you know, what colors to use for the facade, what colors to use for the sign, depending on the type of business, what font to, uh, to use is very important because the, you might miss the opportunity of all the traffic that goes by if your shop front is not attractive and if your shop front is not indicating what people can get from your business. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing is also the, a, a clear idea when you're open and you're closed. If somebody is driving by a business and they can't tell very clearly if the business is open or closed, you know, they are losing customers. So visibility is a huge thing when you are working with the brick and mortar uh, businesses, right? And now today, like you were saying, there's so many people working from home or that are moonlighting or working for somebody else. So how can they improve their feng shui? Sometimes you don't have control. You know, somebody might be like in the corporate world and they know their office has bad feng shui, but they may also know their, their owner or the manager is never going to go for feng shui. And, and so if you have influence over the people making the decisions and you can bring up feng shui, that's a great thing. But you can always work on your office. You can always work on your cubicle to improve the immediate environment around you. Now, when you work from home, what it becomes super important is the curb appeal. Even if you're in a kind of business, for example, you could be a graphic designer that is helping clients and it's everything long distance. Nobody ever comes to your office. Everything's done digitally. You know, you're just emailing, using Dropbox, whatever. Nobody comes to your office. But still, 
the appeal, the curve appeal of your home needs to be impeccable because there's certain representations, you know, in feng shui, there's certain symbolism. For example, where you get your mail, that is, uh, is symbolic of opportunities. And so if you live in a suburban house where you have a um, home or house where you have the mailbox by the curb, right? That needs to be gorgeous, not just in good condition. The numbers need to be super clear. If people are always getting confused, you know, if people go by your house because they couldn't quite read the numbers on your mailbox, you have feng shui problems. And those numbers need to be visible from the one side, the other side, and from across the street. And so the mailbox is super, mailbox is super important because it represents opportunities. Then you have to have a safe path from the mailbox to your door, to your main entrance. Your main entrance needs to be beautiful. One of the most important things that you can do if you're in business is to have your front door be very attractive and clearly visible from the street. Even though clients are never gonna come to your house in, some, in the case of some businesses, that's gonna make such a difference for you because your energy determines how you appear to others in business. When your energy is high, when your energy is good, people are drawn to you, people wanna work with you. But when you feel drained, when you feel insecure, when you're full of doubts, then you're not gonna attract clients. And so one of the things that we do in Feng Shui, you know, um, your, your home can be working against you or can be working for you, but it's never gonna be neutral. And so the home needs to support your goals of being in business, your goals of seeing more clients, your goals of making more money, your home needs to support that. And that is not always the case. And so in a, a feng shui consultation for business, we look at the, what is the foyer like? Uh, is there an entry table? And what is the first thing that the person sees when they first open the door? And, and there's actually like a list of 20 things that are problems when you open the door, the first thing you see is um, the door to a bathroom, that's bad. If the first thing you see is the door, the back uh, door, that's bad. If the first thing you see is a large window, that's bad. And so we go through a list of things to make sure that the home is supporting the business aspirations of that person. And so you need to, you know, the Chinese say they have a proverb that says, everything in your home is constantly talking to you. Make sure they have nice things to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. And yeah. I also love the, the, what you said about, um, it, there's no neutral energy. Um, it's so true because in business, I believe that you're either growing or you're shrinking. There's yeah. no standing still. That is so true. You know, things don't stay the way they are. They're always moving in one direction or in the opposite direction. Yeah. yeah. So really, I mean, if you want to think about it, if you're new to feng shui, I mean, this is, this is just, it's energy. That's it's the yes. flow of energy. And a lot of it is common sense. It's like, you know, can you see the sign from the street? I mean, yes. these are things that when you're so close to your business, you really have to step outside and think about it. Like, okay, what if I'm a new customer? Like, how does this occur to me? I know it's hard, but it's like, you've got to put yourself in their shoes because you could be just so close to the forest. You can't, Yes. or yes. so close. What is it? You're so close to the trees. You can't see the forest yeah. or something like I that, right? that goes, But I get the meaning, right? So sometimes you lack that perspective to see by yourself how things are affecting you. Yeah. And see, for example, one um, is an example of the business that, and um I'm a patron of this business and I love them, right? And so their sign is, um, is on like a, a stylized handwriting letter mm -hmm. that you can like only see once you font. park, like a script, right? Yeah. And so once you're right in front of them and you have parked, then you can see it. Then you can actually read what it says, but you can't read it from the street, like when you're driving, right? And so right next to them, there's an optometrist. And then opto optometrist just has like a huge block letter says, I doctor. And so this business I love, that when they give directions over the phone, they have to say, you know, <laughs> then you will see a sign that says, I doctor in really big block letters while right next to them. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Um, that's a clue <laughs> right there. Yeah. And so that's one thing that, that you should know before you spend, you know, a, a sign can be five, yeah. fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. But these are things you need to know before you make an expense like that, right? Right. Well, and even logos, you mentioned logos. Now you're not a branding expert, I am. Yeah. You're the feng shui expert. You refer people to people like me, right? But yeah. the logo, tell the logo story about the dentist. This oh, was yeah, good. yes. Yeah. So this is really interesting, right? Because uh, as a function consultant, you know, I look at a person's website. But of course, you know, I'm not an expert in anything. I'm just doing feng shui. But I will tell people, I think you need a new logo. Or I think that your colors are not matching the what you want to, the message you want to um, give to your potential clients. So you need a a branding expert, you need a color expert. So I refer them to different professionals. And so this is what happened one time. One of my clients who is a dentist, and she seems retired, but she was wildly successful, one of the most successful dentists. You know, she she was just she just did really well. And one of the things that she uh, was doing at some point is she hired the marketing company. It's a huge marketing company from the West Coast, and she was in the Midwest. And that she hired them to do their branding, to do her branding. And uh, so they, uh, the person in California, you know, she was in Bettendorf uh, in Iowa. And so this person went to, the, to Google and they searched for Bettendorf, Iowa. And when they saw the images for Bettendorf, Iowa, there's a bridge. And then they saw that Bettendorf, Iowa is known because the um, bald eagles come from Canada and they nest in the winter in uh, Bettendorf. And so this person had put together a logo that was over the bridge and an eagle flying over the bridge. And this was so so foreign to the idea of dentistry and especially her specialty was that she's um, she's a gentle dentist. Her specialty was that she deals with fearful people because she had a very gentle touch and her office was all designed to make people feel safe. And so there you have a bridge. And now the, the thing, the funny thing is that there was a lot of contention about the bridge because <laughs> the city wanted to knock that bridge down and build a new bridge, but the businesses around the bridge uh, were not happy with that. So there were a lot of arguments about this bridge. And then on the other hand, you know, like if you think about the beak of an eagle, that is like kind of like the tools that uh, dentists used to use to pull out teeth. You know, so if the, the whole thing was wrong. For, uh, for any dentist, but also for the kind of dentist she was, right? Ouch. And so I had talked to her about that. And, uh, and so I, I, I told her, this is what you need. And so based on the research of the same company that was designing her logo, you know, the part of the research said that 80% of health decisions in the United States are made by women. Like even when guys go to the doctor, to the dentist, is the wife making the appointment or is the mom making the appointment? or the sister making the appointment, right? And uh, their own research showed that women like to look at flowers. And so um, I suggested, you know, like how about, you know, flower that is very common in that region in the summer, which is the hibiscus. And uh, this dentist had a, a, very, um, a very cool connection in, uh, from some um, vision she had with hummingbirds. And so I said, okay, you know, like, let's talk about like the, dent- the gentle touch, you know, like the hummingbird going into the flower. And so when, when she was able to give that feedback to the company that was designing their logo, they came back with a beautiful design. And then that, that became her symbol, you know, so that was in her signs on her website, business cards everywhere. And everybody loved it. But uh, you and I had uh, talked about it at some point, how nobody wants to think of losing teeth. And unfortunately, unfortunately, most dentist offices, they add a tooth for their logo. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's usually cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you don't want to put something in your logo that would make people cringe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And there's, there's also like... Um, when you're talking about your message and the copy that you use too, there's, there's some things that, you know, people will say in their copy, which just reminds them of some sore spot. Right. And it's not necessarily a good thing. I mean, it's good to, you know, remind people of their pain sometimes because you're going to solve it for them. But a lot of times too much of that can go the other way. Like having the word stress all over your page for example, might just stress someone out instead of what you're really actually trying to do. And so um, the mind is a powerful thing. 
it, it, it receives symbols like logos and words sometimes unconsciously. Yeah. And the, so it, it, you're so, uh, so right in what you're saying, right? Because of course you want to talk about the person's problem because every business solves at least one problem or more than one problem. You do want to talk about the problem, but you also need to focus on the vision of what the solved problem looks like, right? And so, for example, if I'm a, as part of my feng shui business, I help people declutter. I have a course that people can take to help them declutter for good. And so I, I have to show them images of clutter spaces, but I also have to show them images of beautiful dream homes mm -hmm. <laughs> because that's what they aspire to, right? right. You, you have to give people hope. You cannot, you know, just uh, dig into their problems, dig into their pain and just leave them there. You have to, to have those images of hope. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about clutter uh -huh. and white space. You know, this is, it's so interesting because in, um, in marketing, there's this concept of white space. You know, you don't want to have so much on the page where it feels so clunky and cluttered. And so this is like akin, I think, to clutter, right? This, yes. this idea of white space. If you want to see who does white space really well, it's Apple. Like a lot of yeah. things are very simple you, right? and clean. Yeah. And, and it feels like so easy, right? It's like in web design. I think the equivalent, personally, I think the equivalent of feng shui and web design is uh, web usability, web yes. experience, the UX, UI acronyms that you might've heard. It's, it's like feng shui for a website, right? It is. And so let's, yeah, let's talk about that. Like, like clutter in your house, clutter in your office. Like how does that really affect like attracting clients, even if clients never actually saw your space? Yeah. And so clutter means stagnation. You know, I actually define clutter as decisions delayed. Every item in your home that is cluttering in your home is a, a thing that you needed to make a decision about that at some point and you didn't. And so now you have hundreds or even thousands of decisions accumulated maybe in your garage or your attic or your basement, right? And like you were saying on a website, um, people don't realize how easy it is to clutter a website because they want to put all the information that they think is relevant for their clients out there, you know, they just end up confusing. And so just like too much text, too much information on a website, not having that white space would uh, overwhelm a person and confuse them. It's the same thing in your house. You have to have that, those empty spaces, right? And so like in, in Asian proverbs, you know, they, uh, they talk about the usefulness of a cup is not in the material of the cup, it's in the emptiness that's inside that you can fill up. And a wheel is only a wheel because it has emptiness in the middle. Otherwise, it's a plate, it's a dish, right? And so in your home, you need to be able to walk through your home. And it's unbelievable how many homes I find where you just can't walk through. And so that, and of course, that's an extreme, you know, like I've been to homes where people had to kick things around so that they could put their foot down for their next step. And, but for most people, it's not going to be that extreme, but they still, you know, like uh, you go into their home and you have to step over shoes that everybody you know, just took off their shoes and threw at the entrance. Or uh, um, sometimes, you know, you try to open the door and the door is hitting a coat hanger that is overloaded. And so literally clutter slows you down. Literally clutter makes you lose money. Um, I've known a bunch of people when, when they first came to me that had issues with clutter they were constantly buying things that they positively knew they had because trying to find the thing in their mess was a lot more difficult than just going to the store and buying a new one. Wow. And so you need to, you know, your home can be your hidden enemy or it can be your BFF. And the same mm -hmm. is for your, for your business, for the top of your desk, right? So um, let me tell you an example, you know, how your home could be working against you or any space could be working against you. So my husband and I, we both work from home. Now, my business is the kind of business where people don't come to me. I go to them or I do things online. But my husband's a chiropractor. So actually, people come to our house and they go in his office. We converted what used to be the garage into his office, right? And so with uh, fall coming, all the beautiful flowers that we had out there, they died. And so now we had all these empty planters. And so I made a large order of garden art, like really really elegant, beautiful looking garden art from uh, online. And so we got all these boxes, right? And so 
we open up the boxes, we read the instructions, make sure, sure everything is working, moving things around, right? So the whole last week, I didn't work out the way I would have liked to work out. And the reason for that is there was no room for it. And so sometimes, you know, people beat themselves up, like they're trying to lose weight, they're trying to be fitter. And so they may buy a program or they may buy exercise equipment and they don't realize that what's really keeping them from using it is the clutter. Um, I've been to homes where they just start stacking uh, like um, storage boxes, those plastic storage boxes with uh, lids on top of the treadmill. So that's a treadmill that's never going to get used, right? right? Exactly. And so like it was interesting to see this experience because I do keep my house uh, clutter free, you know. Uh, but just in, in these few days, you know, getting um, shipments that didn't all come together. So one shipment, then another shipment, trying to figure things out and having chaos for three or four days in my living room as we were getting together with this. All these other things that I needed to do for myself, for my life, for my family didn't get done. And that was just a few days within a week. Right. And so people don't realize you never get used to clutter. Clutter makes you numb. And so you start not noticing how it stops you, how it blocks you, and how it, how it makes you stagnate. And I have actually had clients who they, they wanted to get more clients for their businesses. And they felt they were stagnating and their businesses were not growing. And I had I put them on decluttering programs. And while they were decluttering, the phone started to ring. As they were clearing their papers, they got more clients. You know, when they were going through their filing system, uh, more contracts. And so it, there is a direct connection because when your home is cluttered, your mind is not clear mm-hmm. and your heart is not clear. And so you're not going to be in a position, I really do believe it. This might sound a little woo-woo for some people, but I really do believe that people, even people who would hire you online and you may have the most beautiful website, people can feel your energy. And if you're in a good place, they're more likely to hire you than if you're not in a good place your energy does influence how people perceive you. And your energy largely depends on how you are organizing your spaces, right? And so your home can be your hidden enemy. And for a lot of people, it is their hidden enemy because it's working against them instead of working for them. The home should be nourishing you. They should be doing the feedback, giving you the feedback that you're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. And what you say is so true. It's like that same thing has happened to me too. Like whether it was decluttering a closet, you know, just deciding what I wanted to donate and, you know, repurpose and give to others versus like, uh, cleaning out my inbox, you know, and I found, Oh wow. How did I miss this? This is like an opportunity, right? Yeah. So it's, it's that's, I echo everything that you say for sure. Um, so what I want to really focus on next is getting deeper into this connection between abundance and wealth and feng shui. So specifically, what are some things besides decluttering? We talked about that, but like, what are some things that people can do to really make sure that their house, their home, as well as wherever they are working, you know, whether that's in their home or out of their home, how can they make sure that that's supporting them instead of being the hidden enemy? Awesome question. So uh, feng shui literally means, feng means wind and shui means water. So there's wind and water. And uh, when uh, people in Asia thought about the wind, it was the wind going through the bamboo forest. And so the wind is connected to the idea of the forest. So you have water on the one hand, and what water does is water makes everything wet, right? Water soaks and then it goes down. And then um, a tree, the forest, it grows. So it's water and growth. Water is related to money because money flows like water. You know, that's Mm -hmm. another word for money is currency, which comes Mm -hmm. from current. And, uh, but the wealth itself is about growth. So in Feng Shui, we believe that every single year, your business should grow naturally, even if you are not, um, even if you're just doing the things that you need to do, even if you are not making a push for growth. So because wealth is the accumulation of material property, the accumulation of skills, and the accumulation of connections, right? So every single year, like if your business is the type of business that requires equipment, every single year, you would be adding to that, uh, to the equipment you have, right? Uh, for example, if you owned a restaurant, 
maybe, you know, maybe this year you get a fryer, maybe the next year you get a better oven. So that you're naturally accumulating things that serve your business, not accumulating clutter, right? Uh, also your skills, your skills in whatever you do, if you are working from a place of integrity, you should get better. If you are a copywriter, you should be writing better copy every single year. If you are a graphic designer, your design should be more amazing every single year because that's just what happens with practice. That's natural. And the other aspect of wealth is an abundance of connections. If you're not being a hermit, which if you're in business, you cannot afford to be a hermit, every single year you should be meeting new people. And those new people uh, should be referring you to others. And so just from meeting people, you get connections, you get new clients, new customers, if you're working from a place of integrity. And so the water means the flow, the abundance, the, the blessings of the universe coming in. And the forest means the growth. And so this is where, where it comes in. Your entrance, and you probably have seen that just about every single Chinese restaurant you've been to either has a aquarium or a waterfall image or a water fountain by the entrance, right? Mm -hmm. You gotta make sure, like whether you have a, a water fountain or a waterfall near the entrance, that it makes it look like the water is coming in. So that's one thing that helps you to connect to abundance, currency, and money. So you want to have some representation of water in your foyer, in your entrance, but it has to look like the water's coming in. And so that's when you get the flow. The, the second thing about flow is you need to make sure that especially your hallways are clear, like you can move smoothly. Um, staircases, a lot of my clients, uh, when I first start working with them, they're trying to decorate their staircases. And they're putting all these ornaments on the edge of the staircase. That makes it dangerous and it's clutter. So your circulation spaces have to circulate. They have to flow. So you need to make sure there's that water coming in and then that you are flowing, that you can flow through your spaces at home for everybody and also in your brick and mortar business. Part of being successful in retail business is how you direct the flow of circulation. And so I had a client that uh, was in retail and she had her most attractive products, the ones that were her big, their big sellers, really close to the door. And so people would come in, get those things, and leave without visiting the rest of the store. And so we worked on creating some flow, right? We left one of the products by the door, but the other uh, bestseller, we put it towards the back. So in order to get it, people had to, they were forced to see what else she had. And her, her, her sales increased. Uh, and so you have to have that flow. And uh, then comes the part with growth, right? So if you are standing at the door of your home or business, the corner to the back left, that is what we call the wealth corner. So in that corner, you need to have a, rem a reminder of a tree, a reminder of a forest or an actual live plant. Because what you want to connect with is growth. So basically, you as the owner of your business or as the manager of your business, a lot of your business success depends on your energy. And so you want to be fed the constant feedback that abundance is coming. That's what you do with the flow, you know, with the water and the circulation within the business or your home. And then at the other end, you want to make sure that there's growth and growth happens natural. Like I had said, you know, because every year you have more property, you have more connections and your skills improve. And so when a business is not growing, the person or the people in the business must be doing something actively to stop it from growing. That's the thing, because it is natural to grow. It shouldn't be a difficult thing. If you, are, if you have good products, if you have good services, if you have good people skills, right, your business should grow naturally. If it's not growing, it's because you're doing something to stop it. And so you focus on that, on the water on the one end and the live growth on the other end. Yeah. So what are some things that people do to stop the growth? This is the next obvious question to me. Yes. I mean, there's clutter, right? And then okay. there's what else? I mean, not having good signage we talked about. Yeah. What else? Um, one thing that people do is, for example, as soon as you go into, if it's a brick and mortar store, that as soon as you open the door, you can see the exit sign. <laughs> and so that was immediately as people walk in, in their minds, they Just have the conscious. idea of exiting, of leaving, right? Mm -hmm. And then on a website, there's an equivalent of that on a website. If there's too many outgoing links 
and some people they're like they're so generous and so like it may be a massage therapist and she's like uh, oh and you have to try reiki and this is the the link to my friend who does reiki right and so having the, those exit points you know too many exit points or too many reminders of the exit that's one way that you can sabotage a business another way you can sabotage a business is by not having clarity but not, uh, not being able to explain clearly what you do. Now, there's a lot of businesses that, you know, like if you're a CPA, everybody knows what you do. You know, you're a certified public accountant. You're going to do their taxes. You're going to help them to um, straighten their finances. Everybody knows that. But say if you are a, a life coach, right? And that is something that you need to be able to educate people as to what it is. And so one way people um, self-sabotage is when they're, they're in one of these new emerging professions, is getting too woo-woo when they try to explain them or using um, terms that only their peers would understand. So for example, if it's um, a fitness expert and that fitness expert starts using words about the anatomy of the body and the sagittal plane and the, you know things that are just gonna confuse people. And so um, that's one way that I have seen a lot of people self-sabotage. Another way, is by the images they put on their walls. And so all the images, <clears throat> let me give you an example. I, uh, there's a, a business that they're not my clients, you know, but I, I go to them. And uh, their hallway is full of happy pictures of the family. And the service this business provides is an expensive service, right? And so as people come in and they go to the reception and they walk to the hallway, and then they're seeing these happy pictures of the people who own the business. And that is self-sabotage because people may already feel a little bit resentful about how much money they have to pay for this service. And then you rub it in their faces, the beautiful house they own, how happy they are, how they can afford the professional photographer, right? When that hallway should be used for promoting the business. And so it should be all about the client, not about themselves. You know, there's a, um, some marketer talks about you, you cannot be the hero of the story. Your client is the hero of the story, right? You mm -hmm. are the guide. You are the person that's going to help them. But that's one way, you know, the things they put on their walls that are sometimes estrange people instead of inviting them in. And another thing, you know, some people's um, businesses in the reception area you will think you're at the DMV waiting to renew your license. <laughs> you know, they just put the chairs, you know, they line them up like you're, you're in school or, or they line them up against the wall like you're there to see the principal. So sometimes it's the way you organize your space reminds people of uh, getting in trouble at school, you know, <laughs> instead of reminding them that um, of the things that you want to sell them. Because basically when you're in business, you're always trying to sell something. And I like to, uh, to say, you know, um, though every business should be focused on money because if you don't focus on money, you're going to go out of business. But you need to see money as evidence of the good you do. So the more you bless the world with your services or your products, the more profits you are going to see, right? Mm -hmm. And so your business needs to be geared to selling um, more things. Uh, one thing, you know, just came to my mind, so I'm going to share it. Mm -hmm. So if you go to a gym, you know, a lot of gyms, they have windows alongside two walls and where those two, um, not windows, but mirrors, right? Mirrors. And when the mirrors meet in a corner, like if you stand and you look at that, you, you see your, you see the left side of your body, the right side, but you don't see the middle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's so, um, it is disturbing. Now, it's disturbing to walk into a room, to walk into a space, and then you see that cut-off image of yourself. And so anything that causes confusion, anything that is disturbing, anything that's dirty is going to uh, push clients away. And so one thing that you could do, for example, is that on those corners, you could actually have banners advertising something you sell. For example, personal trainer, right? Personal trainer, uh, other services that your gym might offer. So you cover up that corner and at the same time, because people's vision does often go to corners, you advertise the things you want to sell. So those are, are some ways that people self-sabotage. I love it. Great. Um, well, cool. So um, 
let's talk next. If you, if you would like go into some of the steps of feng shui, since we have just a little bit of time left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we do that, uh, though, like one thing that, um, I forgot to mention before, you know, like how to, to help your business grow. There's another thing you have to keep in consideration. So there's three things. The one thing is the abundance. The other thing is the growth. And the other thing is, uh, avoiding exits of money. So there's two things that you look at because sometimes businesses, they're doing really well, but they spend more than they're making. And so one thing that you have to look at is make sure water is not leaking, make sure there's no problems with water because problems with water are literally costing you money, but also symbolically, if you have a problem with water and you don't fix it, you're giving yourself the feedback that you're not on top of things. And so, and the other thing is sometimes a back door that doesn't close properly, like having drafts coming in through the back door that could also translate into ideas of loss. Right. And so I designed, I created this system to practice feng shui because feng shui is so vast. You know, there's just so much about feng shui and it can be so confusing. And so I put together a system that is actually based on the principles of ancient um, Asian healing techniques. So these are the principles that they use for acupuncture, that they use for martial arts, for Tai Chi, Qigong, all those things. And, uh, and so I put it together for feng shui. So the, the steps, uh, which the system is called the nine steps to feng shui. And so there's a version that applies for homes and there's a different version that adapts uh, to businesses. So they're similar, but not, they're not exactly alike. You know, but just to go quickly through that. So the first uh, uh, principle, the first step in the business is wholeness. So you have to see, you know, this has to do with the shape of the floor plan. You want to make sure your floor plan is not too irregular. If it's irregular, then you have to do things to make it feel more regular, you know, like no missing areas and stuff like that. But you also have to have wholeness in the sense that do you have a business uh, plan that works for you? Do you have a way to attract clients that works for you? Are, is all your paperwork in place? Do you have the, the business um, papers, you know, like, have you registered your business? Do you have proper insurance and all things like that? Do you have contracts that you didn't copy from the internet, but actually a local lawyer checked for you? So all those things are part of wholeness when you're in business. And, um, and so especially the business model, right? So many businesses struggle because they don't have a business model that really works for their type of business. They don't know how to find the clients and they don't know how to attract them. Uh, the second principle, the second step has to do with balance. And this is making sure there's balance in the building. So there's nothing extreme, you know, there's no, no rooms that are too cold, too hot, too small, too crowded. But it also has to do with having a balance between your personal life and your business life. Then step number three, it has to do with vitality. And so that's where we, we see how the building is attracting clients. Is, is the building promoting uh, people walking through and learning about other products that you might offer? And also to make sure that there's nothing in the building that could be making you feel tired. For example, if you open the door, the first thing you see is a staircase that could make you feel tired in that home. And number four is to tune into nature. And this is so important for businesses. And a lot of new businesses don't realize um, in a home, you know, in a home, you tune into nature oftentimes with the holidays, you know, when Halloween is approaching, you put out Halloween decorations. And when Thanksgiving comes, Thanksgiving decorations, and then Christmas and so forth, you know, Valentine's. But in business, you have to be two months ahead of time. And so your, your Valentine's promotions that you have to start um, offering them as soon as Christmas ends, right? So there's this anticipation that you have to have in business to really be where you need to be at when the event comes that you are prepared. And so a lot of um, new businesses don't realize they have to think ahead. They really have to think ahead. But this, this connection with nature, you know, we were not designed to live in boxes that we call offices or homes. We were designed to be outdoors. So you have to bring into the home or into the business reminders of life. Uh, that's why, you know, like you add some plants to, a, to an office and then it comes alive, you know, and if you can't have life plants, pictures of plants, you know, but just those reminders of nature. Then comes step number five, that is really fascinating because it is how to harmonize color shapes and materials. And now there's some colors that are good for some businesses, but not good for others. 
And so for example, colors that are really good for fast food chains are red, yellow, and orange, because mm -hmm. those make people eat fast, eat more, you know, and want sweet and fatty things. But if you are a massage therapist, you know, those, will be, those colors would kill your business because you know, the people that are coming to get that relaxing massage are going to get um, hyper with the colors, right? And so you need to be able to choose the colors that go with your kind of business and you need to have harmony of colors. Then comes step number six, which is also very interesting because it's about the language of the home. That's where it comes in that everything is talking to you in your home or your business. Make sure they have nice things to say. And so some businesses, and I go in and they have bought some abstract art that actually has really violent strokes. Mm -hmm. And every time a person comes in, they're confused by it, you know? And so there's, there's very um, beautiful abstract art, like what you have right behind you on your wall right now, you know, that is organized, it's beautiful, it's pretty, it's calming. And, but some abstract art is like really strange, you know, or, or some people have like expressionist uh, paintings, they may be really good paintings, but if they're scaring your customers, then it's not good feng shui. And so also, you know, how you display um, trophies, diplomas. I had a client who was a neurosurgeon graduating from Harvard. And his main complaint was that he was not getting the recognition he felt he deserved from his peers or from the hospital where he did the surgeries, right? And when I went to his office, I'm like, where's your diploma? Where's your Harvard diploma? It was in a cardboard box that he had stuffed under the desk. And I'm like, if you don't show that you value your accomplishment, I mean, imagine being a neurosurgeon from Harvard and not putting up your diploma. So, you know, immediately he had that framed and he did a nice setup and, and his professional situation changed right away. So, um, so you, you look at how people are, um, are they respecting their own achievements? Because if you do not value your own achievements, why should other people value those, right? So then we move on to step number seven, and step number seven has to do with history and decluttering. So that's where decluttering comes in. Then step number eight is about goal setting. So in feng shui, we have nine life areas that we put on the floor plan as if it was a tic-tac-toe. So at the back, you have wealth, reputation, relationships. In the middle, you have health, gratitude, and fun, creativity. At the front, you have wisdom, career and travel. And so these have certain locations in the home. And this is where you can actually add reminders of what your goals are. Because so what are your goals in relationships with your clients? How do you want to get along with your clients? You have a partner. What are your goals in relationship to your partner, right? Uh, if you're in a business that depends on referrals, like a realtor, you have to pay a special attention to um, to the reputation area, which is the middle wall at the back of the home or, or the back of the business. And so there's all these spots that represent something. So you put little reminders of what your goals are. And it's very powerful. It's kind of, you know, how people do vision boards. When you're using feng shui, you can turn your whole business into a vision board. And it's more effective because it's three-dimensional. Mm -hmm. So it works really well. And then the ninth step is about the power position. And this is super important because Today, you know, a lot of desks are designed, they don't even have a back. And so they are designed to be pushed against the wall, right? Mm -hmm. And so like the, at, at the back, you know, they, they just have the exposed wood with no treatment, no anything, because they are designed to put against the wall. And then you put your laptop or your computer there, and then you are facing the wall and you can't see the door when people are coming in. So that is a decent power position. And in Feng Shui, we try to give everybody the power position. That is when you are sleeping or when you are sitting at your desk, you need to be able to see the door, but not be in front of the door. And so that is the power position. And so we work on furniture placement, furniture arrangement. Um, one of the things that we might do, for example, is in a reception area, uh, rearrange the furniture so that people feel more comfortable and they, they don't feel like they're waiting for the principal or they have to mm -hmm. take a number to get their driver's license. So if, when people are more comfortable, they're going to be more likely to refer your business well. So those are the nine steps. Yeah, 
maybe put some nice uh, tea in the in the front or or something yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Something that makes them feel welcome. And you know, some businesses, for example, my husband's a chiropractor, right? He can people come in because they have some issue with their joints, and he adjusts them. They leave, but you need to leave them more than give them more that more of an experience, you know, like, so it needs to be like a spa treatment. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be uh, calming colors, beautiful calming colors, um, a nice aroma, right? Um, Water or tea, you know, like in the, in the summer, something cold, in the winter, something warm or hot. And that is part of the experience, but you need to, you need to show your clients that you love them. Mm -hmm. They will love you back. Yep. Totally. Roll out the red carpet, right? Yeah. How would you treat a guest in your own home, right? Yeah. They're, they're so. your most special guests, you know, in a business, your clients are your yeah. most special guests. Exactly. Exactly. Well, good. Well, how can people get to know more about what you do? Um, and then after you answer that, I'd love for you to end, to wrap this up with a, an inspirational thought or some final words. Yes. And so the you can find me on my website slash blog, and that is nine steps to feng shui.com. And I'll so put that in the show notes because I know. Yes, because yeah, it's long, could be right? It's spell, long, right? and a lot of people don't know how to spell feng shui. So I also bought space arrangement, one like one word, right? Spacearrangement.com, and that redirects to nine steps to feng shui.com. And so when you go there, there's going to be a pop up window. And that is going to offer you the opportunity of getting a free Bagua map, which is the, the map that shows you where the life areas go in your space. But And uh, yeah. Bagua, right? Bagua, B-A-G-U-A. Which is the life like areas. Wa, too, huh? just like Gua. It's those ni- nine areas of your home, right? Or yeah. your office. Okay. Yeah. Bagua means uh, eight uh, trigrams, you know, and uh, trigram oh. is a symbol that identifies the life area. And so they can they get get a free map and download that, and then they they get entered also in my newsletter list, so that they can get free articles on feng shui every week. And so and also you know there's um, look about you know there on the menu there's a, a link that says get started with feng shui that gives them a quick overview of what they can do if they want to learn themselves if they want to hire me or. I also train people to become feng shui consultants. And there's a link there to also to my books. I have written several books on feng shui, including three volumes on feng shui for business. And so my final thought is that everybody should know that their space is working uh, for them or against them. And that no matter what challenges you are facing today, you start making simple, easy changes in your home so that your home shows you love is going to improve your life. The more love you put into your home, the more you're gonna feel loved by your home or by your business. You know, The more love and care you put into your business building, the more that's gonna reflect back on your clients and on yourself, and that is gonna translate into growth. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a like, comment, and or review. Every interaction, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, helps this podcast to reach more people like you. Thank you for tuning in to the Higher Genius Podcast.